You already know that subscriptions can add predictable recurring revenue to your store. But did you know that Bold's recurring orders has added a ton of new features to make it even more profitable? Their convertible subscription feature, first, lets customers subscribe to one product and then automatically switch it to a different one the second month. So this lets you set up trial sizes, free samples, etc. And then they've also added a cancellation flow to keep people on the subscription. It's like abandoned cart recovery, but for subscriptions. So if you've ever tried to cancel your Audible account, you'll see what I mean. If you say you don't like the books, they offer you a free one. If you say it's too expensive, it automatically offers you a deal on the next month. Basically, Bold built this into the Recurring Orders app, and it stops up to 30% of customers from canceling their subscriptions. Their most recent feature is the subscription buy button. That lets you sell your subscriptions directly with just a link, so it's perfect for email, blog posts, Facebook, etc. Now, one of the things I personally love about it is that customers can now manage everything about their subscriptions by themselves. They can log in and then pause, skip, edit, update payment info, their address, swap products, add products, and more. They can just manage everything themselves. So it's a huge time savings for store owners because it means fewer customer requests. Now, if you want to add predictable recurring revenue to your business today, you could do that by going to boldcommerce.com slash subscriptions to check it out. That's boldcommerce.com slash subscriptions. What's the number one customer support request you get? I bet it's, hey, where's my order? My friends at Ventov, makers of SEO Meta Manager, have a solution for this. It's called Order Lookup, and it lets customers look up their orders, right, good name, with either their email or order number, reducing the order inquiries you get in your inbox. We use it on our own high-volume Shopify Plus client stores, like Hoonigan and Yvonne Stells to provide real-time order info to customers with a fully customizable order lookup page so you can keep that thing on brand. And hey, if you're a dropshipper, it even works with ePacket. You can get a seven-day free trial when you search order lookup in the App Store. Today on the Unofficial Shopify Podcast, we are discussing email. So, our guest today is Val Geisler, who is ridiculously obsessed with email. She is an email marketing conversion copywriter and strategist. If you have ever tried to hire a copywriter, you know how difficult it is. There are tons of copywriters, but so few that are really extraordinarily skilled at writing conversion-focused copy that isn't stilted, that works, that sounds good, that helps the customer achieve their goals. Val is one of those people. I only follow 30 people on Twitter. I used to follow like 200. I knocked it down to one person. I followed my wife. Then I followed our grandmother-in-law. And I slowly started adding people back. And like in the first 20 was Val. And so in these, these 30 people I follow, she is one of the few because she provides genuine value, has a, and like at the same time, an, an authentic social media presence, which I appreciate. And you got a sense of that in um, this pre-interview where we were just having a, a for real conversation. But in seeing what she's done, in seeing her tweets, I knew that Val has absolutely some things to say that will help us increase conversions, uh, keep, keep, our, keep our customers coming back. You know, we don't want, we don't talk about churn in e-commerce, but that's a, like, if you've got a 30% return customer rate, which would be great. Well, that means 70% of your customers are churning, meaning they, 
they make one purchase and they disappear. They're not, there's no continuity. They're not making a second purchase. And Val is going to help us. She's going to teach us about an email framework that will make you more money. So we're going to hear how um, – so you abbreviated You said, Val, you said uh, we're going to talk about how CX extends beyond support tickets. Tell me what CX stands for. Uh, customer experience. There you go. And in that vein, we're going to talk today about automated emails, in-app messaging, and even help docs and how they impact the overall experience more than anyone might realize. Whew. So let me, we had, I got some of your background here. Um, so you've worked with content creation, customer experience, and digital strategy. You help your clients every day with, it sounds like uh, predominantly email. What, tell me about it. What do you do? What, what does Val do right now? Yeah, it is predominantly email. My, um, my focus is on creating a better customer experience across the board. And a lot of that centers around email, largely because as human beings, we have a million choices every day and we get shiny object syndrome and we have habits that we've already established and uh, we're trying to build new ones and we have our go-tos and all those things that, that keep us in one particular pattern. And we do that for many reasons, largely because it's easy and we know what to expect. So when we humans try to do something new, like buy a new product from a new store, maybe it's a product we've had before. I'm buying a pair of pants right now for a conference that I'm going to go to because I have to wear pants at a conference. <laughs> when you work from home, you can just wear joggers and yoga pants all day. Um, but I have to wear real pants. And so I'm buying a pair of pants from a company I've never bought from before. And I could go to the mall and go to a store that I know that, you know, I, the pants fit me well, and I know the experience that I'm going to get and all of that. But I'm trying something new. I'm doing a little e-commerce shopping. And especially in the world of clothing, that's a little bit nerve wracking. But the experience that I have with this brand as I go through the process of buying these pants is more influential on my next purchase with them than the pants themselves. How so? Does that make sense? Um, <clears throat> so I could order these pants and not like them. They might not fit me. They might be too long. That definitely happens. I'm only five, five common occurrence for me. Um, they just might not be comfortable. I might change my mind entirely and decide to wear a dress to this conference. I don't know. Uh, but I do know that, you know, they have a free return policy, like all good clothing e-commerce companies. And uh, that I will have with them with that first pants purchase will determine if I ever buy from them again. So, um, so even if I do that return and I'm considered like a net zero customer, and in fact, I've cost the company money at this point because I've ordered something, they've shipped it, they've taken a free return, there's a cost there. Um, I, you know, the experience that I have with them in that process and the, largely that communication is through email is going to go if I go back to them for, if I reorder a different pair of pants, if I try a different shirt, this has happened to me on multiple occasions with various e-commerce products. I will try a brand and choose wrong on the first try 
but because of my experience with them, I'll try again. And the, in the trying again, I get it right. And then I become a loyal customer. So we've like, we've established the issue here with e-commerce is that first purchase is incredibly important. The experience around it is incredibly important um, mm-hmm. in determining if they're a returning customer or not, and if it's going to be um, a, a profitable acquisition for the company. So does the value go both ways? Yeah. And the um, and apparel in general, fashion and apparel, is a really interesting one um, to use as an example because largely like purchasing clothes online is different. Like buying – how much were would a this uh, hypothetical pair of pants cost? Well, they're real pants. Um, they're $175. Okay. So it's an, it's, and to, that's an investment pair of pants. These are um, serious pants. <clears throat> they're, ser- they're business pants. These are business pants. Um, yes. But the issue with, with shopping on for clothes online, you can't try it on. Yeah. But that saves me, you know, we were talking, you have uh, two kids going to the mall with two small children and then trying to try on clothes. It just, it's not going to happen. Yeah. So like your best option here is buying online. Um, but you can't try it on. You said, all right, things are often too long on you. So you, that uh, you already have some suspicions about fit. So that uh, they need to bust objections. So that free returns and exchanges is extremely important. Now what? Yeah. And so my very first experience, the thing with e-commerce is I don't have the product the second I give you my money. Unlike going to the mall. Yeah, I could go to the mall and I could take time out of my work day and go to the mall on my own um, and literally, literally exchange money for pants. You get in one, you get instant gratification. In the other, even if we're dealing with two-day shipping, we're still waiting forty-eight hours. It's a very psychologically a very different experience. Yeah, and so if I go to the mall and buy pants from Macy's, Macy's doesn't need to email me immediately uh, about my purchase. Uh, I have a receipt in the store. All those things. In the world of e-commerce. The very first experience someone has with you is through email. So that's typically, you know, we all send the order confirmation. At least, please, I hope if you're listening to the show, you're sending at least an order confirmation uh, email. But then there's this waiting period where a lot of people find themselves in buyer's remorse, maybe. I don't know, 178 bucks for a pair of pants. Do I really need those? I have pants in my closet. I can just wear what I have. Right. You you log in you, to your, your credit card. You see, yeah. like, the pending charge in there. You don't yeah. have anything. So now we've got, like, the loss version of, well, I'm out that cash, and I don't have the product. So really, it, it is a a very strange and, like, a not amazing experience if we break it down like that. Yeah. It's okay. a tension-filled time between the brand and the customer. And you can reduce the tension. You're not going to get rid of it entirely. It's the nature of e-commerce. Um, you can reduce that tension by being in communication with your customers. A, a very uh, famous, at least in the email geeks world of, uh, of e-commerce, the native deodorant has a, a beautiful order confirmation email. Um, they, I'll have to find it and, and send you a link to put in the show notes or something, Kurt, because it is, it's great. It's like storytelling, it's confirming the order, it's building a relationship between you and a deodorant company, which like, you have so many options there. Um, and it, it just really goes that extra mile to say, you made a good choice in 
buying from us and then deciding it's okay to wait two to three days to get your product that you, you, most people when they're shopping e-commerce needed the thing today or yesterday, but are now waiting a couple of days to get it. Um, and so sending, you know, not just an order confirmation, but a, a way to connect with your customers to build that, that customer brand bond. Um, we do have so many choices. I have lots of places I can buy pants. Um, but if I don't know what this brand stands for, if I get the pants and go, I mean, they fit well and they look good, but do I want to spend $178 or what, $175? Um, but if I have had emails from the company talking about uh, their labor practices, that, you know, the way that they they make all their clothes, the kinds of fabric that they use, um, even like why they, little hidden features that I might look for in this pair of pants that I just bought. Um, oh, when you get your pants, notice we put a little hidden pocket on the inside right hip. You know, whatever it is, those little things that you can point out to your customers that show how you're different, why why it's worth waiting for, and that they they did make a good choice. They don't need to do a chargeback or um, you know wait, get the product and immediately turn around and send it back. Um, it's all about like one of the things you said earlier is that I help people, I help companies reduce their churn. And, you know, in, in the world of like software, that's definitely true. Uh, and honestly, like my gut was like, I don't, I don't help companies. I help their customers. I help their customers feel connected to the company, which then helps the company. That's but such for, a, that's an important mindset shift and distinction there. Like, yeah. Have it, that's empathy. You have to have empathy for the, the, the customer in that experience. And it's, a, it's something that's really hard for companies to find on their own um, because you're busy thinking about your bottom line all the time. Um, you're thinking about your product and what it took for you to, you know, how much it costs for you to make it, how much it costs for you to ship it, what you should price it at. And you're doing this for dozens, hundreds of products, depending on the size of your business. When you can get into the customer's mindset, and understand why they chose you in the first place and, uh, you know, what is going to make a difference to them in the long run. Maybe those pants don't work out for me, but because of the communication I have, I might try a different pair or a shirt or, you know, uh, or even I might not ever buy from them again, but I might tell a friend about them. So there's a network effect that happens when you create a powerful bond between you and your customers, whether they're a customer once or never again, or a customer for life. They There's a network effect that happens that um, unfortunately is pretty hard to track and, and know that is is there, uh, but it does, it does absolutely happen. You see it if you're in any kind of like Facebook group or online forum or anything, you see these things happening all the time. Look at this message I got from this company. And I, I like to think it doesn't just happen amongst email geeks like me, that um, other people are out there saying, this is so cool. I, I know that I see like Instagram stories of people unboxing their stuff and saying, look at this, the way this is packaged. And it's obviously so uh, thoughtfully put together and, Look at this cute little message on the, uh, you know, the invoice. And uh, there's all kinds of ways to connect with your customer. And to me, 
Email is the number one because it's our number one touch point after our purchase is made. And then it's where everybody is. We're all checking our email all the time. So, um, so unpacking this a little bit, yeah, I think the the why as to why someone should care about this, as to why they should invest time and money into thinking about it, implementing it, is such that you're saying, hey, you got to send more emails and it's a good thing that you do because that's how you build a relationship with someone. If you, yeah. you know, you can't expect to, um, you know, meet, if we think about it as a relationship, you can't expect to meet someone once and then have that, that relationship develop into a friendship if they only hear, like you send them one message and that's the end of it. So, yeah. and the, the reason that's important beyond the, like that relationship metaphor, Steve, Steve Deckert from smile.io loyalty program for Shopify um, is very good. Uh, was on the show last year, and he said something that has totally stuck with me since. He said, if you're j- purely a transactional business, if you're not doing anything other than people give you money and you deliver a good, your business is a vending machine, and you will eventually get eaten alive by Amazon. So having that 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 communication, building that relationship, is like a life or death thing for e-commerce businesses at this point. So I think what you're advocating there is, all right, you acquire the first customer, they make the purchase, they then end up in that weird limbo of you have their money, they don't have their product, and they start to second-guess themselves, which is it, it's totally natural. It's human behavior. So the solution then is really send a welcome series and ideally send a welcome series. Like in your example, it is a welcome series that is dialed into that product. Like an amazing example of this is uh, RecycledFirefighter.com, Jake Starr, been on Shopify a while. But if you make a purchase from him, through Clavio, you're going to get an email that's like, hey, th- you know, thanks for your purchase. My name's Jake. Here's my story. And then the next day, you're going to get an email that's like, oh, I wanted to – like, you bought this specific product. Let me tell you about how I make that and why. And, like, it links to a page with a video and text that's like, this is everything you need to know about this product. So now you're not second-guessing yourself anymore, and you've got all this information about them in your head. And then when you finally get the product, it's going to live up to that hype. You're going to have a great experience with it because, like – yeah, I know why it's designed this way. I know how to use it. I know um, all these little details about it. And now forever, when someone goes, oh, that's, let's say you bought a wallet. Oh, that's a cool wallet. They're going to, you're going to say, oh yeah, I got it from Recycled Firefighter. And parts of that story are going to stick with them. They're going to remember it. And that's what's going to make, it's like, oh, it's made by this guy, Jake Starr. He used to be a firefighter. And that is all going to turn it from like just a transaction for a product to a relationship that results in word of mouth, that results in repeat purchases. And that's exactly it. It is so hard to return a product, to cancel an order, to um, send in negative customer support, feel like a nasty email to your friend, Jake. Oh, (laughs) okay. Yeah. Right. It humanizes it. And that makes it tougher to like, to be a jerk. Yeah. You can walk away from a company all day long. Like who cares? Uh, and I say this to my software clients all the time. Like if you are a piece of software, if you are a, a, a billing software, I can go choose a new, new one tomorrow. But if I know team members who have answered support tickets, if I have been introduced to uh, like the lead engineer or, um, you know, somebody who made the product, then I'm a little less likely. I start to develop a human bond. Like we all, e-commerce, software, all of it, it kind of desensitizes us to the human experience. And what I'm advocating for is putting the human back into the experience because ultimately that's who's on the other side of the computer screen or the phone screen or wherever they're ordering from. And saying, 
yeah, there's a there's a person behind your company. Jake runs this company, Recycle Firefighter. If I know Jake, I am more likely to tell people about, and I might not even remember the name Recycled Firefighter, but I'm going to remember Jake because I watched a video about him and his story. Right. Yeah, it creates that human connection. Um, yeah. And I've long advocated for, hey, include yourself in your brand, be a personal brand. People buy for people, not brands. This is that opportunity to do that and to your and do it like at scale using email automation, which is the really cool part. It's one it's one to one relationship building done automatically and at scale. So I've got like our consulting services and we've got all these free resources out there and we've got several Shopify apps and info product, like a ton of stuff out there. And the customer support for each element of those things is a little different. And the one that's like really stark is the apps. So you'll get like there's more than one way to contact us like through a you know, through Shopify support, through a, a contact form, through just an email listing. And those emails are always like the tone on them is never is often not great to start with versus if you've installed the app, the onboarding comes from me and comes from my real email address. Those suddenly like same problems, same questions, same issues, but the tone's completely different. They're like, hey, Kurt, just installed your app. You know, I've, I've run into the issue, issue. Can you help? Versus the other ones that are like, I'm going to leave a one-star review. If you don't help me with this within 12 hours, clock's ticking, go. A hundred percent. Yeah, like it completely changes it. Even though it's really the same experience, the only difference is there's a person in one. And on the other, it's just it's going into a black box. Yeah, every single company I work with, when they switch to, um, you know, instead of it, just a random example of like, um, oh, a, a brand I wear all the time, Outdoor Voices. They do a beautiful job uh, with it. And so instead of emails being from Outdoor Voices, if they switch to Caroline from Outdoor Voices, hey, Val, um, just wanted to give you a heads up about the leggings we're sending your way. Uh, a lot of people find that the their usual size is a little bit um, too small. So if you feel that way when you get them, you know, make sure you check them out right away. We're happy to exchange them for a bigger size. Uh, you know, wow. just like those kinds of active emails. Uh, are so huge because then I get to say, hey, Caroline, thanks so much for letting me know. And I know I, I do this for a living. I know it's not actually Caroline sitting down and writing me an email, um, but I still respond as though Caroline wrote me an email and she's my friend now looking out for me and uh, ready to help me out. And then when I do actually send in some kind of, you know, whether it's through their chat or a phone call or an email, and actually, Caroline replies to my email. I'm like, oh, that's my friend Caroline. We had a whole email exchange about that, even though the first part of it was all automated. Um, so when it can actually be a, a, a true person who's on your team, maybe a frontline lead who you can introduce in a welcome sequence. Um, I think welcome sequences are so crucial in that period of time between um the purchase and getting the product, but then also getting the product and those first several days after having had the product, um, especially if it's not a consumable where they might not be using it immediately. Like I'm, I might get those pants and I might not wear them for a little while. Um, you saw a lot of this over the holidays where people were complaining about getting, you know, requests for reviews when it was a gift that they were purchasing. Uh, right. And so knowing those intricacies of the, the purchase itself is important, but there's kind of two phases of welcome. There's that welcome between the purchase and the, the product delivery. And then there's the secondary welcome, which is the welcome, um, you know, once they have the product and then until they make their second purchase. Hold up. We'll hear more after this quick break. 
Support for this podcast comes from Simpler, a new way to staff 24-7 sales and customer service on your Shopify store. It works with your existing email and chat tools, so setup is quick and easy. Simpler provides on-demand, US-based customer service specialists to answer your customers' most common questions. Close more sales with Simpler by staffing your email and live chat with 24-7 Simpler specialists. Find out more at simpler.ai. That's S-I-M-P-L-R dot A-I. And now back to the show. Hit me. Okay, so recapping, we want to be, in our messaging, we want to be personal. So ideally, the stuff has to come from a person, right? Yeah. Number two, um, we've got that that strange period between I have purchased, I have not received my goods, and then possibly mm-hmm. I've received but have not used my goods. That's where we want to use a welcome yeah. series. Um, ideally, one, you know, start with any welcome series is better than none. But ideally, if we can have it uh, segmented to being specific about that product, we'll help build that relationship. Uh, as part of that, even preempt issues and return. Like they essentially proactively were like, hey, if you have any issues, here's the issue you might run into. And here's yeah. how to here's what to do about it, even if that means returning it to us. So I think yeah. that's incredibly important is to you're essentially ask. You're inviting the no. You're inviting them to say, yeah, this really wasn't for me. And like, it's hard to be upset to say it was a bad customer experience when they're like, yeah, but you're like, hey, they anticipated and resolved my problem before it happened. And then uh, third point in there. The, the period of time after they um, have the product, we, we stop email wise, especially in the world of e-commerce. We stop as soon as they have their product. Um, you know, we ask for the review and and then they just end up on like, new product release announcements, yep. Um, yep. you know, those, those regular emails. But there is a, a brief series of, you know, a, a period of time between that first purchase and the second purchase. Once, they're, once they've made a second purchase, they're pretty committed to your brand at that point. Um, I guess it depends on the, the industry and the brand itself. But, and, you know, consumables are kind of a different ball of wax. But, um I, I would say that the time period from the first purchase to the second purchase is a tenuous time period and we need to make sure we're continuing to build that relationship. It's first date, second date. And then like by the third date, you're like, okay, I'm going to date this person. Right. So, um, first date to second date. I don't know. Are they still going to, are they going to want to have a second date? Don't know. Uh, so you're still building the relationship up until that second purchase. And then once that happens, then you can start to kind of, put them into the the larger groups of, okay, here's our new products. Here's our, our latest features, our new blog post, whatever it is. So after our welcome series, now we're going into a, and they make their second purchase. We're going to kick off a second welcome series. What would we call it? I, it it's really just a continuation of the welcome series. I mean, okay. um, yeah, it's like welcome series phase one is until the order arrives. Uh, and then you have, because and the reason, especially in, in the world of e-commerce, is because you do have order-related emails that are going out. So if you think about it, kind of it, if we had like two columns, on the left-hand side, you have your order-related emails. And that's order confirmation. Um, maybe you have like your, your orders on its way, the tracking information, and then your order arrived. So those are pretty common emails that you would send related to the order. And then on the right-hand side are your welcome emails. And you want to make sure that those aren't, you're not bombarding your customers with emails. So they're not getting multiple emails on one day. Um, but those fall, you know, in between the order confirmation and the and the tracking and then the tracking and the arrival. And then 
uh, and then immediately after the arrival. So there's kind of like they zigzag a bit between those two columns. Okay. Um, from there, I must. I would assume I'm also running um, abandoned cart emails, new product po- promos. Are there? Should I be approaching those differently than standard, or are there like other flows? Like those are fine, and then there's just other flows I should be running that I have not thought of. Yeah, I really don't think anyone should be in a new product promo until they have their product that they ordered. Um, I know that it sounds like, well, but we have a new product that they might be interested in. I think you should care more about the experience of that product that they just ordered then it's different if it's an abandoned cart or, you know, if they never made the purchase in the first place, but if they made a purchase, let's let, let's focus on that experience and we can introduce new products uh, after that experience is over. Um, but let's just chill for a second, not talk to them about all the new products. I mean, I've had this happen with, with major brands where I'll make a purchase and then, um, you know, while I'm waiting for my order, they're like, hey, 50% off sale on these things. And I'm like, cool, except I want my sweater that I just bought. Like, can, can you just speed that up? Or, you know, or I'll get an order. I'll get an email about a sale on something I just bought, which is even worse. Oh, yeah. And that one's so easy to avoid. So easy. Email software. Yeah. I, when you see that one, it's like, ooh, <laughs> like just exempt everyone who's made a purchase in the last 14 days from your sale email, no more problem, or seven days, 10 days, whatever. It's going to be based on how long it takes you to deliver. Black Friday, Cyber Monday, I saw so much of that happening. It was, uh, I was a victim to it too, and it sucks. Yeah, you immediately like, you're like, oh good, I feel like an idiot now. Yeah, uh-huh, yeah. Uh, oh, I took advantage of your pre-Black Friday sale, and then the Black Friday sale is better, and you're now telling me about it, and I'm still waiting for my order that hasn't even shipped yet, thanks. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, so don't do that one. Don't do that. But um but yeah, there's there's definitely that like I I'm a big advocate for focusing on that that initial purchase and holding off on new product releases, um promotional emails until at least order has been received. Um then then you can tell them about all kinds of other things. But um you know, I would unless you have like a super long shipping period, I really don't think it's necessary. You should focus on the thing that they've already done and, and talk to them about that and build the relationship because that's, what's ultimately going to lead to those additional purchases. So speaking of additional purchases, do you have any other great and brilliant examples of how to truly surprise and delight customers? Cause I think that's what a lot, that's what makes some of this work is when you get that email, you're like, wow, this is personal and, and good. And it, it, it's a pleasant, positive experience. I really like, uh, that kind of customization that relates to the product that they just purchased. And if you're going to do any kind of, you might also like on your, on your invoice that, that order confirmation email, sometimes people have a other products that you might like based on your, your order. Right. If you're going to do that, um, you know, making it complimentary so that, they're building a whole outfit. It's not just a different pair of pants um, that they uh, or and also making it educational. So it's not necessarily about trying to sell them more product, not not initially. Um, it's really about sending them sending them to a blog post that they that relates to your brand. Or um, if you're a food company, like a, let's say you sell bone broth. Send them, here's three recipes so you can get ready for your bone broth shipment. 
answering objections is a huge way to surprise and delight. So using that same bone broth example, maybe it's saying, hey, here's why broth is different than stock. And, uh, and we, the number one thing we hear from people who are trying broth for the first time is that um, there isn't enough salt in it or something. Like they don't, you know, there's whatever that number one objection is. And, and here's why. And here's what you can do to mitigate that. Um, here's, uh, here's a challenge that we have for you. Uh, you know, try it for three days with no additional salt added and see what happens. Or we recommend Himalayan pink sea salt because it does these things that have additional benefits. So just adding value on top of the value your product is already providing and then prepping them for when their product comes. Um, so are there other things that they're going to need to go along with your product? Are, is it, is it a food related product and they need to go like, you know, prep other recipe ingredients from the store? Um, are they, is, do you sell fitness equipment and they, here's some quick home workouts you can get in while you wait for your exercise bands or your new barbell or whatever. Um, so really capitalizing on their interests and you don't know that unless you're talking to your customers about them and not about your products if they're your only exchanges with your customers are ever related to their order and your product um you aren't getting at the core of them and why they make the decisions that they do and so it's really hard to know how to serve people and how to provide that additional value unless you're actually talking to them about their life so this is one of those things that really a, a really great uh, post-purchase sequence is going to come out of um, customer developments, customer surveys, customer interviews, right? Yeah. And uh, surveys, I think, are like bare minimum um, and should be designed entirely around the customer. So when you're you're sending them, it's not a like, would you recommend us to a friend? That's not about them. That's about you. Um, you know, ask them who influences them in their buying decisions. Um, ask them where they hang out. Uh, when they're outside of work or uh, what's their favorite thing to do with their friends. Um, you know, all of those kinds of things that I prefer interviews. I prefer to be able to get somebody on a call and talk through these things and just have a conversation uh, and, and be curious, learn about them because that's going to tell you why they're making the purchase with you in the first place. How do you select and approach a customer for one of these um, customer development interviews? I always look at three different types of customers. And so in e-commerce, that's going to be uh, your loyal customers, people who come back to you time and time again. Uh, those are the easiest interviews to get because they love your brand. They want to help you. Uh, then you have people who bought once and never bought again. Uh, so those are or maybe, maybe once or twice, depending on your product, um, and never bought again. Those are a little bit harder to get. The hardest to get are the people who signed up to your email list, maybe even like put something in their cart, went through a whole abandoned cart series, never purchased from you. Those are the most valuable to you and the hardest to get uh, because that helps you understand why, not why they didn't buy from you, but what decision did they make instead? That's what you're getting at with those customers is uh, because we're constantly making choices in our life and, um, and maybe why they didn't buy from you has nothing to do with another brand and everything to do with the way you communicated with them or didn't communicate with them. And that's where I, this customer messaging piece comes in. Yes, it's email, 
but it's it's in every way that you you talk to them in the way that they your your website and if they have a basic question about like maybe they didn't clearly understand your return policy because it's not well stated on your website uh, you know, those things go a long way to building a customer relationship that you don't know about unless you talk to people. Yeah, you have to be asking. If you're not, everything you think you know about your customers is probably a best guess. In the software world, uh, the product manager is the person who does a lot of these kinds of customer interviews. And um, some of the best product managers I know have a post-it note on their computer that says, have you talked to a customer today? And that's like for every single day, have you talked to one person on of your, you know, your thousands of customers or you're even on a small product, your hundreds of customers, you know, if you have 300 customers, that's a customer every day, um, minus some vacation time, you know, so it's really easy to talk to a customer every day if you make it a focus. And I think there's nothing more valuable for a brand to do than to actually talk to their customers. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Some of the uh, customer development um, methods have largely led to the most outsized conversion or revenue gains when working with clients. Yeah. And it, and it can inform more than even your communication. So I use customer interviews to inform emails and and in-app messages or or help documentation those things where that are all related to customer messaging post conversion so post uh you know once they've made a purchase that those interviews though inform headlines on your website they inform new products they inform what kind of sales you do um if you do them at all they uh you know they inform how often you release new products, um, all kinds of things come out of those interviews that they're so invaluable. I think like baseline, that's, that's what you should invest time and energy into is customer interviews. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I, and it's a weirdly, it's a hard thing to sell merchants <laughs> on to be like, this yeah. is a good idea. Let's do it. And it like, it, it, it's just not, I don't know what the objection is. Maybe it's just like, it's not exciting. It doesn't seem as relevant um, but consistently, it has been like the most tremendously powerful thing for improving uh, messaging and positioning, which then in turn um, improves conversion rate. Like it's really way more important to the experience than the design and the layout. A hundred percent. I think that one of the reasons people balk at doing interviews is because they feel like they're their first best customer. You know, we created right. our product for ourselves or we're sourcing our product because we've sourced it for ourselves and, um, you know... Jack probably built all his recycled firefighter stuff because uh, he needed it. He wanted it. So he built it for himself and it became this big thing that everybody wanted. So we often think like, but I, I'm my customer. I know, I know the answers and you know, the answers for you, but you actually aren't your customer. Once you have a brand, once you've established and you know, if you are at the point where you have a Shopify site and you're running transactions all the time, you are no longer your customer. You have to go talk to those people that, that are purchasing. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, talk to me about uh, this download you've got on your site. You've got this this free email framework that people could download called the Dinner Party Strategy. Yeah. So the Dinner Party Strategy is built because I love analogies. Uh, I think it's the easiest way to to have it stick in your brain. And I've had people tell me that in in response to this this download. So it's a welcome sequence framework that any kind of business can use. Um, it's 
built largely for software companies. So a lot of the examples in it are from software SaaS companies, but it absolutely can apply to e-commerce. A lot of my e-commerce clients use it um, or used it before they hired me and wanted to, to expand on it. Um, it's a, it's much like, so think welcoming someone via email to your brand is much like welcoming someone to your home for a dinner party. You don't just like shove the steak in their face the second that they walk in the front door. You are taking their coat, showing them where the bathroom is, offering a drink or an appetizer. Uh, and then you eventually get to the main course and dessert and all of those things. And, and then the invite back, like you're going to host again and you want to have people come, come back because they, they had a good time and you had a good time. And the same principles apply in an onboarding sequence in a welcome sequence, because, um, you know, you want them to feel actually welcome by you, that they are more than the credit card they just entered on your website, that they're a person they, everybody wants to feel seen and heard. This is a way to do it. So, uh, the download is a, it's a, a PDF version of a 30 minute talk I give. And, uh, I just, I get such a great response from the talk that I just thought I want to be able to offer this to anybody that wants to grab it. So, um, if you can't come see me speak, then you can grab the download. It's at valgeisler.com slash TDPS for the dinner party strategy. Um, it's available there and everything that I share in that 30 minute live talk is, is in that, that PDF. And it's, it's easier to access that way too. You can see the examples and, um, lay it all out, take notes on it, build your own. So it's a framework. It's not a like copy paste. Um, nothing that works for one company is definitely going to work for yours. You have to try it, um, try it as is and test it, get some data back, see what worked, what didn't work. If you need to space things out more, if you need to throw out one email or add three more in, um, all those things, data and testing is what email's all about. Uh, so you have to do that, but, uh, it's a, it's a good foundation, right? So it's, um, it's not designed to be a cure-all, but it's definitely like getting you on the right track as far as setting up your own welcome sequence. If what we've talked about today has sounded interesting, which I, I certainly hope it has. It absolutely has. Um, if you're on your phone, tap or swipe up on the album art to get to the show notes. First thing under resources is Val's free dinner party strategy download link. So get it there. Val, where could people go to learn more about you? Yeah, so you can go to valgeisler.com and learn more about me there and the work that I do over at Fix My Churn. Uh, there's a button there. It'll take you straight to Fix My Churn, or you can go to fixmychurn.com. I will include all of that in the show notes. Val, thank you. This has been fantastic. Thanks, Kurt. It was really fun being here. One final note before we go. I wanted to remind you about the one Shopify theme my agency has used more than any other. It's called Turbo by Out of the Sandbox. And as its name implies, it's built for speed. But that's not why I love it. I love it because it's the most configurable, feature-packed theme for Shopify today. Features like predictive search, easy mega menus, infinite scrolling collections, and a ton of page templates. Calling it a theme doesn't do it justice. I think of it as a rapid prototyping tool for Shopify stores. And I've got a special offer for you. You can get it today at a 20% discount when you use the code PODCAST20. You can even try it for up to two weeks, and if you don't love it, Out of the Sandbox will give you a full refund. To check it out now, go to ethercycle.com turbo and use code PODCAST20 at checkout. That's ethercycle.com turbo. 
If you'd like to help us spread the joy of entrepreneurship, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, the unofficial ShopifyPodcast.com, and wherever you get your podcasts. If you're listening on a smartphone, tap or swipe over the cover art of this podcast. You'll find some episode notes, including some details you might have missed. You'll also find offers from our sponsors. Please support our show by supporting them, and thank you. The unofficial Shopify podcast was recorded and hosted by me, Kurt Elster, and produced by my business partner, Paul Rita, for our Shopify partner agency, EtherCycle. Check us out at EtherCycle.com. The unofficial Shopify podcast is distributed by EtherCycle LLC. We'll be back next week with more value bombs for Shopify store owners. If you're looking for more high quality and actionable advice on learning the business of e-commerce, join thousands of other Shopify store owners on our totally free newsletter at eCommerce Bootcamp. That's eCommerce-Bootcamp.com.